Chapter Nine of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Nine. I'm engaged to Jim. Am I to understand? Said the Colonel, turning to Peggy, that any love passages have passed between you and this man Barnes. Well, what if there have? i'm asking a question yes i'm engaged to jim cried peggy defiantly without my knowledge or consent how could i get that when you were away without your mother's consent then mother knew i was fond of him i've done nothing sneaky i brought him home i told mother what i meant to do and do you really mean to tell me that you've engaged yourself to him i've promised i'll marry him yes you a child of eighteen what's that to do with it i'm old enough to know my own mind i'm not a kid i know what's what then my consent doesn't count i don't see why it should if i like him very well i see where we stand now then i want to say this i absolutely forbid you to have any further associations with him in any form you mean to say that you forbid him to come here absolutely why what has he done besides i don't care what you say i'm fond of jim and i shall marry him not with my consent why what have you against him i've everything against him he isn't a gentleman he's just a common bounder he's nothing of the sort he's as good as your pattern boy there he's better looking he's more of a gentleman and-and i don't care what you say now peggy let there be no misunderstanding i allowed you to bring him here to-night because of what you said about him and because of what your mother told me i decided to see him and judge for myself well i have seen him i've listened to him i've watched his face i've summed up his character and i've made up my mind about him why can't you see the kind of fellow he is don't your own instincts help you to see that he has nothing in common with us that's pure snobbery cried peggy in a rage i can see what you've got against him you say he isn't a gentleman you are a snob that's what you are just a snob isn't a real estate agent just as good as a motor mechanic and that's what your own son is he was an officer in the army just as you are yourself his business or his profession has nothing to do with my judgment of him replied the colonel i don't object to him because of his evident lack of education or even of good manners although those things are important but he's common by instinct he's a common bounder to the heart's core and more than that he's not a good chap i tell you this much as i might have been grieved if you had told me you were fond of a bricklayer a plumber or any sort of mechanic and i found him to be clean-minded and had the instincts of a gentleman i wouldn't have minded so much 
i don't say i shouldn't have tried to dissuade you i probably should in any case i should have insisted on your waiting a year or two until you were old enough to form a judgment but i wouldn't have met you with a non possumus but this fellow has not the suggestion of a gentleman he's vulgar through and through and more than that he's without manliness or principle he hasn't right feelings he's good enough for me anyhow defied peggy i hope not i sincerely hope not replied the colonel anyhow my mind's made up and so is mine you mean to disobey me yes if you won't give your consent to my marrying jim i shall marry him without the colonel was on the point of speaking angrily but he restrained himself he had for hours been suffering keenly and his nerves were getting raw but he realized that perhaps the whole future of his children's lives hung in the balance and he was anxious that no hasty word of his should be thrown in the wrong scale peggy my dear he said i am not saying this so much for my sake as for yours if you were to do as you say you will regret it within six months i tell you he's a bad fellow i don't want a plaster of paris saint besides i don't believe what people say about him you've been listening to a lot of gossip i've been listening to nothing and i know nothing but what i've seen and heard for myself that however is enough for me i forbid him to come to the house i forbid you to have anything to do with him if he comes here again i shall show him the door if you do i shall go to him i sincerely hope not if you do you go to your own ruin in spite of her turbulent spirit peggy was for the moment silenced there was something not only in her father's words but in his presence that made her afraid a great dread came into her heart that he spoke the truth do you mean to lock me in my room and feed me on bread and water she asked sullenly it might be doing you a kindness if i did replied the colonel but i'm not that kind of man still i've decided on my course of action i absolutely forbid you having anything more to say to barnes then i shall take my own course not if i can prevent it but what will you do that depends peggy turned to john with passionate flashing eyes you sneak you tell-tale you pious prig she cried i owe this to you you've been telling lies about jim because your fine friend sneered at him you've-you've please stop interrupted the colonel john has told me nothing about this fellow barnes not one word now i think i've said enough you understand exactly how things stand you'd better go to bed now and think over what i have said perhaps you'll see in the morning that i've taken the right course no i shan't if you've made up your mind i've made up mine jim's as good as we are 
besides he's not a bit worse than others i've nothing to do with that ordinarily i shouldn't give such a fellow a second thought except to say that if he's a type of the young men of his class we're in a bad way it's only when he threatens to ruin my child's life that i take notice of him but why do you throw all your high-flown fireworks at me i'm sure jim's not nearly so advanced as tamsin cory and you've not said a word about her and she's one of eleanor's bosom friends the colonel hesitated a second i'm awfully sorry that on this my first sunday night at home all this has happened he said but if i have said nothing to her it is only because i wanted to clear this barnes business out of the way first my objection to miss tamsin cory as eleanor's friend is just as strong as my objection to barnes as your fiance a silence followed the colonel's remarks a silence that was painful presently mrs trelawney gave a long quivering sigh as though she dreaded what would come next john looked from one face to another as if calculating what the upshot would be while peggy for the moment cowed seemed to be wondering what to say possibly she might have yielded to her father's personality had she been alone but during the whole conversation she was influenced by the fact that eleanor was by her side and that she would support her i suppose then replied eleanor frigidly that tamsin is also forbidden the sacred precincts of this august establishment yes i refuse to have her here might one ask why for the same reason that i would refuse the admission of one suffering from smallpox that is unjust tamsin is a pure-minded woman she may be unconventional she naturally refuses to be tied down to foolish superstitions but i am proud to call her my friend i suppose the sanctity of marriage is one of the things she classes under the head of foolish superstitions possibly she would be regarded as having liberal ideas on that question liberal ideas and the colonel's voice had an angry ring in it the woman actually had the audacity to tell me that she regarded marriage as an effete institution and that according to her ideas any woman had the right to have children without paying any attention to marriage laws personally i do not support her in all her views all the same i am sure she has good reasons for holding them the colonel was for a few seconds speechless with indignation that his daughter a girl of twenty-one years of age should have such ideas was almost more than he could bear really father went on eleanor i think you are entirely unreasonable such questions are in the air and will have to be faced you do not seem to realize that we live in a new age and that people are thinking out the problems of life for themselves and might one ask whether you favor this woman's so-called liberal ideas on marriage i oh i hate the idea of marriage to me it is detestable 
that's why i think peggy is a fool to be fond of jim barnes but that's her affair each person must do what he or she thinks best no one has the right to interfere in another's conduct of his or her own life she spoke with perfect calmness and although her tremulous lips and quivering fingers showed that she was much excited she was able to control her voice perfectly i suppose these are the thoughts you have imbibed from your friends asked the colonel i don't know who i got them from neither does it seem to me that it matters but i claim the right to think for myself and act for myself then i suppose your mother and i don't count eleanor was silent anyhow went on the colonel i absolutely forbid such friendships as that of this woman i will not have her or her sort here perhaps you remember the old saying about mahomet and the mountain replied eleanor coolly is that a threat perhaps it is oh please please don't quarrel cried mrs trelawney eleanor can't you see how foolish how unfilial you are i have no wish to quarrel replied eleanor it is so vulgar then you refuse to obey me asked the colonel call it what you like replied the girl have you anything more to say i'm rather tired and such scenes as this bore me without another word she rose and left the room followed by peggy the colonel watching them with sad eyes oh what shall we do wailed mrs trelawney you can't drive them out of the house darling think what might become of them if you did and after all they are only children the colonel did not speak he felt that he had come to an impasse he dreaded the thought of them leaving home and yet that was doubtless what they had in their minds if he did not yield to their way of thinking peggy he thought he understood but eleanor was a problem that baffled him entirely i must go to them i really must cried mrs trelawney this is really worse than i thought i hoped oh i did hope that when you came home you'd put matters right but they seem worse than ever mayn't i tell them that you'll take time to consider or or something of that sort no replied the colonel but i may go to them mayn't i that goes without saying alice they are your children as much as they are mine but please don't lead them to think i shall yield in this matter but i want to tell them that you are acting for their good and that that you love them i think they know that they must know it all the same no child of mine shall have her life ruined by such a fellow as barnes if i can help it while that woman cory's thoughts are just poison but what if they persist darling you see how headstrong they are and really i don't see what you can do nor can i at present mrs trelawney gave him a despairing look 
and left the room while john looked at his father wonderingly john my boy come into my study with me will you john followed his father into the den without a word he wondered why he wanted him this is a bad business my boy said the colonel as he lit his pipe i'm awfully sorry it should have happened but i don't think i could have helped it no dad i don't think you could i feel rather lonely rather hopeless and very sad went on the colonel i had looked forward to a different homecoming i naturally thought too that my girl's friends would be such as i could gladly welcome just as i welcome ravenscroft and davenport those are good chaps john and i'm glad you know them i shall always be pleased to see them here john flushed with pleasure as his mother had said he had become something of a hero worshipper and the boy's heart had gone out to his father my boy continued the colonel i want your help in what way dad i don't understand it's difficult to tell you but you can see how i am situated those two girls are utterly turbulent utterly defiant they mean to go their own way altogether regardless of me and that will mean their ruin don't you think so with peggy assented john as for eleanor i don't know how don't you know she's a curious girl she was always very reserved and would never make a pal of me and peggy we used to hit it off very well till she took up with that fellow barnes it's this way went on john the war upset everything and mother got terribly bothered how it was the money business sir everything became twice as dear and and i'm afraid trev was extravagant mother didn't know what to do as you already know eleanor got a job in a government office and was earning good money she's very clever she learned to do things like magic but she didn't bring much money home that was why i got a job mr davenport took me on and and said i was very useful then peg insisted on leaving school and working at a munition factory that i think led to everything else in what way there was a curious lot of people at these munition factories some of the girls were a bad lot and many of them were very common yes i had a pretty good idea about this replied the colonel but what made you think that although there might be danger for peggy you weren't sure about eleanor i don't know much about girls sir they are not much in my line i've been too busy about other things but peg's hot and passionate while eleanor's as cold as an icicle she calculates about everything she isn't like most girls excuse me sir but i accidentally heard a fellow talking about her one day and he described her as sexless that's why i-i doubt whether there's any danger for her she's fond of dress and she goes her own way but men don't seem to have any attraction for her peg is all the other way the colonel was silent for a few seconds while john flushed a fiery red at his own speech 
do you know anything about barnes asked the colonel a common bounder cried john savagely i say dad i'm awfully sorry for you i did my best to help mother but girls are just awful in these days i went one night to one of these public dances jazz dances you know and the way some of the girls talked was simply awful you've no idea tell me what you mean my son remember that i was once a young fellow just as you are and can understand you oh i don't know that i came up against anything that you'd call absolutely wrong but but i danced with a girl who was living in a flat with two other girls she told me that they did this because their parents refused them latch-keys and wouldn't allow them to live their own life as she called it they were supposed to be respectable girls and they'd all got jobs whereby they paid their own way she introduced me to the other girls afterwards and they invited me and two other fellows to take them home to their flat after the dance and did you go no sir i didn't i knew mother wouldn't like it i couldn't conceive of her doing such a thing when she was a girl thank god you couldn't ejaculated the colonel i don't think they they meant anything wrong sir stammered john but there you have it thousands of girls in london in order to live their own lives as they call it go off on their own and often from what i hear things turn out badly you mean that they go to the bad it would be a wonder if they didn't sir though of course there are lots of them who go perfectly straight i'd no idea things had gone so far muttered the colonel to himself oh it's quite common from what i hear rejoined john it may be all right to some girls but others pick up with bad fellows and and they lose their heads anyhow that's the kind of thing our girls are up against before you came home they did just what they liked with mother they frightened her by saying that if they didn't have their own way they'd leave home and so things just drifted peg picked up with barnes and eleanor got mixed up with creatures like tamson cory i didn't tell you at first sir i thought i might do harm but things are different now the colonel was silent a few seconds he believed that john boy though he was had given a pretty accurate diagnosis of the situation and it was a great comfort to him to feel that they were friends my boy he said laying his hand on john's arm you and i together must get the girls out of this tangle what can one do asked john of the practical mind can you find out all there is to know about barnes john's eyes flashed with quick intelligence i dare say i could sir but i'm afraid it would do no good you see peg doesn't care she laughs at what she calls copy-book morality and and doesn't it seem rather a melodramatic way of working the colonel saw what was going on in the boy's mind and realized that quiet and unostentatious as he was he had a quick brain and a keen intuition 
it was a great joy to the colonel to have such a son perhaps it is he admitted but i must save peg from marrying a fellow like that anyhow i can depend upon you to help me yes sir that goes without saying but no one knows what goes on in the mind of a girl like peg and barnes has infatuated her besides you are at the war office all day while i have to be at the works yes i know still you and i must work together my boy the next morning the colonel started for westminster before the girls appeared for breakfast john on the other hand had left the house soon after six neither eleanor nor peggy appeared till ten and then both of them refused to make any response to their mother's overtures in order to obtain their confidence about eleven o'clock both went out together and neither returned till late in the evening both refused to tell their mother where they had been tuesday was practically a repetition of monday on wednesday morning however something happened a letter from trevor arrived saying that he had been ordered to ireland and that if his father wished to see him he must come to plymouth immediately by the same post also the colonel received the following dear colonel peg has told me something which seems to me so outrageous that i am compelled to write asking you for an interview without delay unless i hear from you to the contrary i will do myself the honour of calling at your residence to-morrow wednesday evening about eight-thirty any communication addressed to eight bywell street west and reaching there between the hours of nine and six will be delivered to your obedient servant james barnes the signature was ornamented by many flourishes End of chapter 9